Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, this is uh, KFI AM uh, 640 Handle here. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We finish the show on a Monday, as always. Do they have a case? Brought to you by the Lemon Law Experts at Night Law Group. If you think your car might be a lemon, call 844-43-LEMON. And we want to do this now? No, I'll do Katarina's Club when we come back. Uh, yeah, it'll be the last, uh, the last promo, but it's important. So I'll do that on our very last segment. In the meantime, do they have a case where Wayne looks up, he researches various cases and usually it's appellate court cases, uh, throws the question out, uh, talks about the facts and we'll see which way the appellate court goes and asks, do they have a case? And, uh, one of three things happens. Number one, I'm right on, which is about 80% of the ca- that time, which is good. Uh, I am completely wrong uh, because I'm wrong. That happens fairly rarely. And uh, why do you say five? Five percent? Like five percent. Okay. Maybe. Or uh, I'm wrong because the judges went squirrely and it makes no sense to anybody who's rational. Okay. So with that, let's do our first. Do they have a case? All right. Pocket Plus versus Running Buddy. And it's all about detachable pockets. Oh, okay. That's right. So Pocket Plus, um, a company started by a nice woman who didn't, she realized, uh, I I don't want to have to wear a jacket all the time. I don't want to shove tons of stuff into my pants pockets. Also, sometimes I'm wearing pants that don't have pockets. What to do, what to do. And she came up with detachable pockets. It's a pouch. And it has a magnetic flap that attaches to itself. So you can put it over your waistband and it will be held in place. And you can put, say, your phone and maybe a couple of credit okay, cards. So in I'm there. confused. It goes outside of the pants. The so, pocket, yes, the pocket part okay. is outside your pants. Okay. And so then it, there's a loop, like a loop at the top. Okay. That you put down, you put the loop into your waistband and it, and it just sits magnetically and it, attaches okay. to and it just, the pocket part right. so it doesn't go anywhere. So it just sits outside like a, a colostomy bag. Well. Not quite? Well, I mean, I suppose technically in terms of, but that's not and why. Okay. You. Okay. Okay, fine. Everything's great. And along comes Running Buddy. And what does Running Buddy start selling about, uh, I want to say, three, about three years after Pocket Plus comes on the market? They start selling a detachable pocket that goes over your waistband with a magnetic clip. And and it's the same. It's the same product, basically. Okay. 
Pocket Plus sues running buddy for trade dress infringement. Now, this is key. This is not about copying a patented invention. Okay, Pocket Plus didn't get a patent to protect this design. This is trade dress. Trade dress are things like the Coca-Cola logo or the candy bar that is sold in a very particularly colored and shaped okay. and graphic covered wrapper. Okay, without being trademarked. It doesn't have to be okay. trademarked. All right. That is correct. Okay. It's called trade dress. And it's the things about the uh, design, not really the design, but it's about the look of your product and the packaging that distinguish it from okay. similar products. All right. So here's the thing then. By design and by legal design, trade dress has to be non-functional. It can't have anything to do with how the product works or anything that affects the cost or the quality of the product. So, for example, a toaster oven having a door. It doesn't matter how fancy the door, the shape of the door. That's necessary to the functioning of a toaster oven. Right, okay. So it's not trade dress. Also, my toaster oven is made of stainless steel. So if you make a toaster oven made of stainless steel, I'm going to sue you for trade dress. Right. Well, you can't because that affects the quality and the cost of the toaster oven. But if my toaster oven has um, purple lightning bolts on the side of it as a design, that's trade dress. People see that and go, oh, that's Wayne's toaster oven. Purple it has nothing to do with the operation of a toaster oven. Right. So. So they get into court and Running Buddy says, what are you doing? This is not trade dress at all. It's a pocket. It goes over your waistband. Right. It is vertically oriented. It's taller than it is wide because it makes it easier to carry water bottles in it. All of that has to do with what it does not artistic features that distinguish that detachable pocket okay. from this detachable pocket. Not only do you not have a case, you don't even have a claim. It's not even trade dress. And the uh, Pocket Plus says, now look, don't get mad at me, Phil. Pocket Plus says, well, we think it is. Okay. So, uh, obviously, at the lower court, the court says you have no case. Right. It's not trade dress. Get out of here. They go all the way up to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. Three learned appellate judges. What do they say? What do they do? Okay, These just detachable pockets. Okay, just by you saying three learned appellate judges, I'm going in the wrong direction. So here we go. Of course, they do not have a case because uh, they're arguing just the pocket itself. The utility of it is somehow they own or they can control. It's a pocket. Now, uh, no, even if it was attached by a zipper, even if it was attached by a loop, I don't think uh, that would work at all. That can't be patented at all. By the way, Running Buddy is an Indian, right? Uh, no. No. Okay. Uh, Native American. No. All right. Never mind. I just was going in that direction. Okay. So uh, I can't see in any way whatsoever 
that uh, the original pocket comp- uh, pocket uh, what was the first one? Uh, the f- pocket plus. Po- pocket plus. There you go. I'm so uh, okay. So pocket plus. I don't think has a case. I don't think they have a claim. I think they are gone simply by the definition of uh, all of the legal terms. So please tell me that one, I'm right, or if I'm wrong, I want to hear the court's rationale for this one. Oh no, you're a hundred percent. Oh, okay. This was not this was not the best um, lawsuit to bring. Probably it was very very weak going in. It certainly was not worth hey, what? appealing to the appeals court, yeah. in my opinion. There's one other thing though I want to tell you to illustrate this point. Also, one of the things that Pocket Plus said is our detachable pocket comes with a card that has photos that shows you how to use it. And you sell your pocket with a card with photos that shows you how to use it. And that's our trade dress also. And the appeals court said, you can't own the idea of including instructions with your product. Now, if you had a card and the photos were laid out in a really distinctive, crazy way. You could and then argue. the other company did their instructions with the same distinctive, crazy way. You might have a right. case, but you didn't, and they didn't, and you don't. Hey, I have a question. I mean, is it a question of uh, uh, the an appellate, uh, an appellate attorney or the same attorney who was taking it up? Uh, either they had to get paid right on an hourly. Uh, or is anybody crazy enough to take that up without getting paid with a $25,000 retainer up front and here's $500 an hour and I want the money right now? I mean, I can't answer that question. Is anybody crazy no, but enough you've to had, take No, but you've been in case, federal court. I would not. A case like this where the lower court ruling is so definitive. Yeah, I'm just curious about And lawyers. is rooted in the law. It's not a crazy decision. It's a decision that says, oh, let's look at the law. Right. It says you have no case. I would not imagine a lawyer would want to would want to no, do because, a hail mary, yeah, hoping is, they get some money. Yeah, this is federal court anyway. And also, so there's was attorneys' fees now that the defendant gets. Yeah, which is that makes all the sense in the world. So, here we have a case. Now, I'm going to tell you about a case, but it's not what this case is about. But it's related, and it's and there's a reason. This was a huge event back in 2014 in Pennsylvania. There was a guy, Eric Frain. He ambushed two state troopers. He killed one of them, wounded the other one pretty badly. And to make that long story short, he is on death row in Pennsylvania right now. He used a uh, a 308 caliber rifle and police knew that. So they get a search warrant to go to the house he shares with his parents. And the search warrant says you can take any uh, 308 weapons or ammunition. Well, they get in the house and they do not find anything in that caliber, but they find 46 guns belonging to the parents, none of them the caliber that they had a search warrant for. So they go back and they get another search warrant and they come back and they take all those guns and they hold on to the guns and they hold them and they hold them and they hold them and... uh, I would say that probably until this case was just decided. Oh, no, never mind. I wouldn't say anything because it might reveal what happened. Oops, scratch that. They take the guns and they hold them as evidence. Now, they never use them as evidence. They don't use it in the main trial. They don't use them on appeal. They don't use these guns as evidence. The guy is on death row. The parents say, we would like our guns back, please. 
you never arrested us for anything because we didn't do anything. You have never used these guns as evidence in anything. And you have never even suggested that any of these guns were used in this terrible, terrible crime that our son committed. We want our guns back. And a lower judge says, nope, one sentence order, motion denied. So they go up to the appeals court and they say, listen, guys, that lower court is a real dummy. Listen to us. First of all, we have here a takings. We have an unconstitutional, you took our property, you're still holding it, you've never compensated us, can't do that. Government can't take your property without just compensation. Also, now we have a Second Amendment violation. We do have a right to have these guns under the Second Amendment, and you are preventing us from having them for no reason. We don't have a problem that you took them when you took them. We don't have an argument about that. We know you got a warrant. We know that you may have felt at the time that it was uh, necessary to take them, but now you can't possibly believe it's necessary to keep holding on to them. So those are our claims, and we want our guns back, and we want some money, and we want a bunch of stuff. And uh, the state says, well, the guy's conviction is not totally final because you might get habeas appeals. Maybe he gets uh, his case thrown over to federal court for further investigation. And so uh, we might need these guns. And they say, how, are, how will you need these guns? Well, we don't really have any specific idea, but we just feel like we okay. might need them. And they say, that's not good enough. So you have this appeals court. And what do they say? All right. Before we get into that, I have uh, one question. And that is, uh, the perpetrator, uh, was he in, uh, was he, uh, a former felon, uh, that was ordered not to be in the vicinity of guns, which no. happens he was not. Okay. So, uh, there was nothing that stood in the way of the parents having the guns. Uh, I would say that the guns go back to the parents and here's why, because upon looking at the guns, seeing them, uh, at the house, none of them were the caliber that uh, were used in the shooting or even alleged that he had guns of that caliber. Uh, so that's for starters. Uh, it is actually, I would even argue they didn't have the right to take them in the first place because uh, there was uh, no connection whatsoever. If they didn't know, if they had yet to find a caliber weapon out there, if they had yet to find that there was a, a shooting that they hadn't absolutely nailed, they had nailed that it was a 308. That's it. They got the information. It is only the 308. So now you have a series of guns that are not that caliber, that cannot be, uh, cannot be connected to the crime, are not connected to the crime, never used as evidence, and uh, I'm going to say that, um, yeah, uh, the parents get their gun backs. These crazy lunatics that have 47 guns for whatever the hell reason they do. Yeah, uh, they get back. A lot of back. squirrels being shot. Where was this? Pennsylvania? Some in, rural in area? Pennsylvania. <laughs> Squirrel Hollow. No, I mean, I've done that a lot today. Uh, all right. Now, follow up, because there were two different reasons okay. that they had. They had, a, they had an unconstitutional taking. Right. You take our property, no compensation. Also, a Second Amendment violation. Which one or both do you think the court found? Uh, okay, uh, I would argue this: the uh, the unconstitutional taking, because that's a, a that's an evidence issue. Uh, the the taking. So I don't think there is certainly not a Second Amendment issue as to that one. And then uh, not returning the gun, Second Amendment. Uh, uh, 
uh, how long, assuming they took the gun or they're still hanging on to the guns, and how long has it been? Uh, years. And they're still, and they have not yet returned the guns. That is correct. Uh, I think it's a solid Second Amendment uh, ruling. I think on both the win uh, would happen. That's that my is take. correct. Whoa. All right. That is, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're two and a half for two and a half today. <laughs> All, All right. right. You want to do one more? Yeah, quickly? we can do one more. All right. So uh, this woman gets hired as a psychiatrist for a Bureau of Prisons facility. Every Bureau of Prisons employee, it doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter anything. If you have a job with the Bureau of Prisons, you must pass their physical abilities test. She is a 67-year-old psychiatrist. She couldn't pass it. They said, well, you can try it again within 24 hours. That's our rules. And she said, I'm already exhausted from this test. There's, I can't do it again. And they say, well, then we're probably going to have to fire you because you can't pass the test in the time period. And she goes, oh, my God. All right. I'll just I'll resign. And she quits. And then she sues for age discrimination, gender discrimination. Here's the test, just so you know. Everybody, including a 67-year-old psychiatrist, you have to drag a 75-pound dummy at least 694 feet for three minutes. You have to drag it for three minutes and get it at least 694 feet. You have to climb a ladder and retrieve an object within seven seconds. You have to complete an obstacle course they have in 58 seconds. You have to run a quarter mile and then handcuff someone and do all of that within two minutes and 35 seconds. That's terrific. And you have to climb three flights of stairs in 45 seconds while wearing a 20-pound weight belt. Okay, that's an easy one. All right? So, yeah, all right, go ahead. All what right. do you think? Do you have, all right, there's do you no, have a case or no case? No, of course she, uh, they, she has a case. I think she wins. The only issue is uh, whether she uh, resigned under coercion because they said, we might fire you. And I'd feel better if they said, we would fire you. Because she didn't let it go to you know what? Let extreme. Me, let, me, let me double check the specific language to make sure uh, if but, it was they they hinted yeah, that they might. That's different. That's different. Or, yeah, oh, that's no. Different. No, no. Uh-uh. She was informed that her employment would, would be terminated okay. for yeah, no logical, to pass the test within the No time. logical nexus between her work and uh, what it takes, which means no one could ever be hired who is disabled in a wheelchair. No one could ever be hired under any circumstances unless you can do that ridiculous. You move 100 feet and you go up there and change a light bulb within two minutes or whatever the hell the joke is. How many psychiatrists did it take to change a light bulb? And uh, so I think uh, they that she absolutely has it because it's not even rational what they're asking. There you go. Okay. She has a case. Now, she hasn't won the case yet. She, she has will. the right, though. She, she has will. the right she will. now to sue them. It's a dead bang winner. It really is. All right. We're done. Thanks, Wayne. We'll talk again tomorrow. All right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.